Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And we're back on this beautiful morning. We do have a couple lines available. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Dave and Waddell, good morning, Dave. Good morning, Brian. I have a breaking news story for you. I accidentally found an alternative for Roundup. Okay. I have a water softening system in my house that requires... (laughs) I have a watering a water softening system in my house that requires salt, you know, the Morton salt, whatever it is. And it's held in a reservoir tank next to the distribution uh, part of the system. Anyway, every two or three months when it gets really low, I'd like, I like to clean it out. It gets dust in there and before I add the new salt. So I've been throwing it away. And then about six months ago, I decided, you know, all of the water that's in the bottom of this tank is maybe a good killer. And so I spread it on this Bermuda grass that I have never been able to kill with anything, even digging it up. It it always came back. So with about a gallon, I just free poured it on this section of Bermuda. And in like two days, it, it died. And that was like six months ago. And it hasn't even shown any desire to grow back. So even if you don't have a watering system, what I do now is I got two like 30 gallon trash cans and I put like a couple of quarts of salt in it and fill it up with water and just let the salt dissolve. And then I pour it into my backpack sprayer and I'm cancer free. And if you can kill this Bermuda, I mean, you, you qualify to be president. I mean, that is a real, a real chore. So yeah, the hard, the hard, the hard part is though, Dave, is that that salt you're putting on your soil is very toxic to your plants. You know, oh, so I keep it away from the plants. It's just, it's what, just in it the rains, areas that like, you know, are you know, how, you know how it rains here sometimes. I mean, this summer it rained a little bit. That salt, right. that salt will leach around. I mean, salt. You know, if you want to kill something forever, enough salt, you know, is very toxic. And uh, glyphosate, actually, the, the active ingredient in Roundup is a salt, too. You're just using a lot less of it. But uh, right. so salt, salt. if you want to kill something, they used to salt roads. They used to take water trucks, you know, and put salt on roads to keep the dust down. And, uh, you know, in the desert where we have our, our well water comes out and it's fairly salty, it's got a lot of, you know, sodium chloride in it. So that uh, actually the areas that... We push the plant, you know, that we when water our plants, we try to push the salt away from our plants. But yes, yeah, salt, right. salt's a toxic thing. It will it will kill what you put it on. You know, yeah, you, you I, can I kill slugs it. with it and snails, and you know, you can kill puppy dogs with it if you put too much on. I mean, it's, <laughs> salt's pretty toxic stuff. <laughs> but it was just driving me crazy. It comes through the pavers and anywhere there's a uh, an expansion joint in the concrete. It comes through, and it seems to grow better than a golf course and i keep it away from the plants i don't have much landscaping i'm I'm on a ranch so um i don't have too much 
ornamental plantings. But um, in all of those areas that I used, I would have used Roundup, I use this salt thing and just throw it in my backpack and soak the heck out of it. And man, it works. I keep looking at it every day when I leave for work and I, I'm, I'm waiting to see a little green start coming through and it's definitely croaked. <laughs> well, Dave, the salt murdering guy, it does work. <laughs> hey, thanks for the okay, call. It beats, it beats cancer anyway. Well, I mean, the, the problem with, with, you know, chemicals like lyphosate and any chemical or anything, even salt, anything else we're going to use in nature is that we have to be mindful of what we're doing with it, you know, and, and, and right. safely used, you know, glyphosate is a pretty safe product, but, you know, used incorrectly, you know, in these chemicals that if you get them on your hands, you know, like when we're, when we're doing things, you know, we have to wear rubber gloves when we mix chemicals, you know, and we have right. warning labels and everything that we use in agriculture that we really have to follow. And all of our employees are trained to do any kind of an application to, you know, help, right. you know, prevent their getting sick or injured from these chemicals. And unfortunately, when you go buy a bottle of something at the store and you're not mindful, you don't read the label, you say, oh, yeah, let's just spray it on. You know, you can certainly hurt yourself and you can hurt the environment. So thanks for the heads up. Be a little careful with your salt, but salt definitely works. Thanks, Dave. Okay. Take care, Brian. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, Ron and Surprise. Good morning, Ron. Good morning, Brian. Thank you for taking my call, and I have no discoveries to tell you about. <laughs> I do have a question. I have a few different types of cacti uh, in around my house, and in addition to other plants. And I wanted to know, is there any particular type of fertilizer I should use on them? Because I've done nothing to them, and they just keep growing. Well, if they're healthy and happy, Ron, there's probably not a reason to fertilize. So, I mean, especially with a lot of cactus and things here in the desert, you know, there's no reason that you really need to fertilize them. And okay, uh, that's good. the fact that we had a few rainstorms with a little lightning, that's nature's way to give us a little nitrogen here and there. But, you know, if you wanted to, you can use a balanced fertilizer like a 20-20-20 would be fine. But if they're happy and growing and you're happy, then there's no reason to, to, to feed. That's great. So I'm going to go out and tell them, stay happy, and I won't have to give them anything. <laughs> yeah, go play a little music with them. Uh, I will, and talk to them. <laughs> Thank, thanks, Ron. Okay, thank you, Brian. Bye-bye. Well, that leaves us with four open lines. We have Shira back here smiling. You can give her a call at 602-277-5827. 277-KTR, you can get questions, suggestions, ideas, you know, different ways to grow, kill different plants to grow. Uh, whatever your thoughts are in the garden, give us a call on the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show at 602-277-5827. Sue in Phoenix, good morning. Hi, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. My problem, I don't know if you can help me with it or not. I have an orange tree and a lemon tree. Absolutely no oranges. How I mean, old are, lemons how old are, are your my trees, lemon tree. Oh, gosh. They're uh, six, seven years old. I've always had a pretty darn good yield. Last year, um, it did start to diminish. I, I had maybe half as many lemons as I usually have. I'm pretty careful. When I do prune, um, I try not to prune until all the blossoms fall off, and then I, I do 
trim the trees back. And well, I, Sue, with, with like lemons, you, you're kind of doing it backwards, okay? So when we pl- prune oh, right. our lemon groves, we prune them as soon as we get the fruit off of the tree. So we're trying to prune our lemons, you know, somewhere ideally would be late January, February. So after a freeze and before they bloom. And the nice part with lemons is they'll bloom more than once a season, okay? So let them go ahead okay. and go through their home. But if you'll pl- prune them first, they're going to, bl- you know, bloom on the new growth as it comes out. And and they'll bloom some on some older, you know, year and two-year-old wood as well. But um, right. depending on, on how large your trees are and the reason why you're pruning them. But we prune them so that it's easier to harvest the crops. You know, we don't want our lemon trees to be 25 feet tall. And we were surprised right. how large our Meyer exactly. lemons grew. But, you know, pruning-wise on, on citrus, you want to, you know, you want to prune them uh, for a purpose always. And, and oranges grow so slow that you usually don't have to prune those hardly at all. But the lemons, if you're trying right. to reduce their size, the best time to prune them is in February. But, you know, even commercially, there's a big difference in cycles on our crop from year to year. And, uh, you know, there's years yeah. when we have a heavy crop and years when we have a light crop. And the pruning we do definitely affects how much, you know, crop we get. Yeah. Yeah. So try and prune them before they blossom. Well, yes, yeah, so typically you're going to prune them right at the, you know, right at the end of the harvest season. So the reason why we wouldn't prune them back, you know, on a young tree heavy, like in December or January is number one, we usually have a lot of fruit on it. That's our best, you know, season exactly. for the lemons. Right. And right. so we're going to be harvesting them all the way through February or March. So that being said, we don't want to cut the crop off them. And then number two right. is we want to get them pruned back before they start to grow and bloom. Right. Okay. I'll try it again. Well, have fun, <laughs> Sue. This year, right? Well, you know, there's All always right, in you. farming, Sue. There's always next year. You know what? You might go out and find a few fruit that uh, you didn't quite see. Yeah. There's, a, there's always right, there's always again. something out there you just didn't see. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. It's always so good. All right. Thanks again. Thank Brian. you, Sue. Bye bye. Bye bye. Oh, let's see. Next up, we've got Karen and Goodyear. But after Karen, we've got some open lines. The number to call, 602-277-5827. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. Then I washed my face and combed my hair And stumbled down the stairs to meet the day I'd smoked my mind the night before With cigarettes and songs I'd been picking But I lit my first and watched a small kid Playing with a can that he was kicking Then I walked across the street And caught the Sunday smell Of someone's frying chicken And Lord, it took me back to something That I lost somewhere Somehow along the way On a Sunday morning sidewalk That makes a body feel alone And there's nothing short of dying That's half as lonesome as the sound 
sidewalk and Sunday morning coming down. Well, welcome back, folks, in this beautiful Sunday morning here in the Valley. We do have four lines available and about a little over a half hour left. you got a question, suggestion, an idea, something different you're doing at home? We'd love to hear from you. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Karen and Goodyear, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Uh, nice to talk to you. Thank you for taking my call. Uh I have two things. I wanted to ask, uh, is the condensation water from your air conditioning good to put on your plants? Absolutely. It's usually very pure water. That's what I was hoping, but somebody told me it had minerals in it that it hurt my plants. No, uh, it's just condensation. So it's it's coming out of the atmosphere. So it's probably, you know, not quite as good as rain, but probably pretty clean. Well, very good, because I want to do something with that water. Yeah. Okay, my second thing is, I've heard several times on your show, people calling in about gophers, Mm -hmm. and what can you do to get rid of gophers? And I had some success uh, in a previous house where I had lawn and more plants. I'm in Goodyear now where it's kind of desert landscaped, but... uh, Somebody told me to go to the barber shop or the beauty shop and get some human hair. Ask, go in ahead of time and ask them to save up like a few handfuls of human hair. And when you see the gopher hole, dig down in where you can get, get it in under the ground kind of and stuff that with human hair. My gophers just disappeared. Didn't see any more for years until I moved. So it worked for me. I hope somebody else can have the same success. Well, Karen, gophers can be that's, that's certainly a brand new concept to me. I've never heard of it before. And, uh, you know, anything when it comes to dealing with gophers is worth trying. So glad to hear you had success and perhaps uh, it'll work for others. I hope so. I do as well. Gophers aren't much fun. (laughs) I I don't really know the real purpose why God put gophers on the planet. Well, there's a few things I haven't figured out. Yeah, the white flies aren't much fun either. But, uh, Karen, thanks for the suggestion. Well, thank you for hearing me. And we'll actually we we'll, we'll, we'll actually try it at the farm sometime just, just because we're curious. <laughs> oh, okay, then on your show, let us know what how it came out. We'll, we will do, Karen. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Daniel in the Santan Valley. Good morning, Daniel. Morning, Brian. How you doing? Wonderful, sir. And you? Oh, not too bad. Headed, headed on my way to work. Um so I was calling because I had some. Uh, I had a question about some sod grass I put about a couple months ago. Um, it's been maybe it's been about probably about five months, five months now. So it's been it's been well established. Uh-huh. Um, but now I'm starting to get a couple of bald spots, and I'm trying to know. You know, I've heard a lot of stories about use this or use that, don't use this, and I'm not too sure exactly which route to go. Um, I know that there's. You know, you have to winter, winterize it and, and whatnot. So what's your best advice on how to go about that? Well, Daniel, we want to find out what's causing the, the areas to die back, okay? So if you planted it in the spring, it didn't have any overseeded rye or anything. So it should be, you know, just fine and hardy. And if you're having patches that are, you know, dying back, basically, 
to make those bald spots, it's going to be one of about three things. It could either be a pearl scale, which is kind of easy to find. You take a shovel when it's wet and dig down about four or five inches deep. And if you find little orange looking like a BB, that's an insect called a pearl scale. And we treat those by acidifying the soil and dropping our pH. So if you find those, you can call us back, but you'd want to go after those guys. The second most common thing is the fungus. And we have funguses here in the valley, and they especially show up usually in August and September when we have more humidity. And they can spread through the lawn and patches will start to die out. And so we treat that with the fungicide and we could use either like a Monterey disease control or we could use like a copper sulfate and treat those areas for the fungus. And the third thing is you might have had some construction debris or some kind of a problem that was under the sod before you laid it down in a new area especially. And you might have something underneath there that's keeping the, the lawn from doing well. Okay. So depending on which which one of those, yeah, uh, I, and I would start off with the shovel, yeah, and look, and then if if the, if you're going to the with with the fungus, if it's kind of mushy roots, soft roots around the outside and it's expanding, that would be the fungus. Oh. And if you don't see either one of those two, then dig down and see if your soil doesn't have a problem there. Okay, and then I guess if if it's not either one of those two, then do, do you know. Do we tend to be more fertilizer? Well, now is a great time, Daniel, to uh, fertilize your lawn the last time. You might want to cut it a little shorter this time because it's got about another nice six weeks or so to grow back and fill in. So you might cut a little shorter, fertilize it right now would be the perfect time to feed it and and get it set up for the winter. It's going to grow normally till sometime in November. It'll stay green, though, until we have some kind of a freeze. So if we don't have much of a freeze, it'll tend to stay green all winter, though it will go to more dormant. But uh, so now is the time to be proactive with the mowing a little shorter if you want and feeding. All right. And then is there a specific fertilizer you guys recommend? Well, there's two ways you can go. You can use like a 21714 lawn fertilizer, which will release pretty fast and green it up. Or if you want to build up the soil for the long run, you could use a soil fertilizer like melargonite, which is an organic fertilizer made from human waste, which will last a lot longer in the soil, but won't green it up as quickly. Gotcha. Okay. Thanks, Daniel. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Charles in North Phoenix. Good morning, Charles. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Enjoy your show. Uh, I've got a 50, 60-gallon pot on my front porch that only gets uh, sun in the late afternoon. And we were thinking about putting a small ficus in there. Is that something that would be acceptable? Yeah, should do fine. Uh, they don't really have to oh, have okay. a lot of sun. And uh, what you'll want to okay. do is you'll want to turn the pot, you know, probably once a month to keep the light balanced all the way oh. around. Um, but if it's you can a little turn, hard, it's <laughs> well, it sounds like it's pretty big. But if not, you'll yeah. want you want to kind of keep it, you know, moderately pruned so the light can get through more of the plant and it'll stay yeah. denser. Yeah, I had a. A uh, rubber tree in there, and it got burned when it hit 115 a couple about two months ago. So, well, you know, I it probably it got burned partially just because it was uh, drier too when it was real hot. Uh, a rubber tree should yeah. make it in there. Rubber trees a ficus as well, and uh, yeah. they might burn a few leaves off in the you know the heat of the summer, but you know they'll replenish them in the fall. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll give, I'll give the ficus, a, and you have those for. Do you have the twisted uh, trunks? 
We should have some braided ones. I'll tell you, we're just right now. It's kind of the kickoff of the season. We'll be bringing a lot of plants in, like the braided things, ficus and things from Florida, over the next two weeks. So it's it's kind of our kickoff oh, season for okay. yeah. So somewhere well, around I'll the tenth of tenth of October, we'll be bringing a lot of them in. We should we should have some in okay. stock though too, Charles. Oh, okay, great. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. Bye. Oh, let's see. That leaves us with three open lines, folks. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. You can give Shira a call, and you can be up after Chris in the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show. Good morning, Chris. Hey, good morning. Uh, I'm going back to the sod grass uh, questions. So I was in Scottsdale last week. I live in Queen Creek. Saw that they were already starting to shave some of the golf courses down. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put winter lawn in. Should I start like tapering back my watering and cutting it down a little lower every? Like I'm probably put it in like the middle of October. Well, yeah, there's no reason you wouldn't want a fertilizer or anything, but on a watering cycle, you know, it should be kind of maintained. You want to keep the Bermuda grass healthy as long as you can. And the later that you plant your ryegrass, the healthier for the Bermuda grass. And really the most critical part to keeping the Bermuda grass healthy in the summertime is to kill the ryegrass in April. Okay. But other than that, you know, I'd keep it on a regular cycle. All right, thanks. Thanks, Chris. Bye-bye. Bye. You know, and it's uh, watering is kind of everything and how we use it and how we maintain it. It might be the year you think about maybe trying not to plant a, a ryegrass lawn. And uh, it's amazing how long Bermuda grass does last here. And with the fact that we haven't had freezes for the last three or four years, you know, it's stayed green for a long time through the season. Uh, let's see next. Uh, let's see. No, we'll take we'll take Susan. Good morning, Susan. But other than well, that, I keep it on a regular cycle. Oh, they're listening. Right, to the- Hello. Hello, Susan. You're on the air. I just picked you up hot there. Can you turn oh, wow. on your radio? How are you? Wonderful. Okay, I'm listening to the radio. I'm not even on there yet. <laughs> no, you're not going to be on at the same time. There is a delay. <laughs> okay, that's pretty strange. Um, happy Sunday. To you as well. Thank you. Hey, I stopped by that magnolia tree over by 7th Street and Glendale the other day and had red seeds popping out all over the place. And I grabbed some. Was wondering how I know I can hear myself. How I can um, start those um, and grow trees from them. Well, that, that's a. It's going to take you a long time. Is that, okay. that, that's a magnolia grandiflora, and um, that tree has got to be in the sixty to seventy year old range. And you mm-hmm. know, it just takes a long time to grow magnolia by seed. And actually, the grandifloras don't do near, near as well as one called a D.D. Blanchard. I heard you talk about that uh, yesterday. On, yeah, I'll be down to your place uh, probably tomorrow or next week sometime to pick one of those up then. Well, we should have some now, but I'll tell you, here's the thing. Is we're going to be bringing a lot more of them in in the next couple of weeks. And, okay. and we don't really stock as many in the summertime because it's not the ideal to plant them, time to plant them. Right. But I, I would wait a couple of weeks and we'll have plenty of them in. Okay. One more quick question. Uh, fruit trees, uh, when are the bare roots available? Bare roots, fruit trees. We don't sell bare roots anymore, but when they would okay. be available normally would be in like February, January, February. Okay. All right. I wanted to get a couple of plum trees. And can I do seeds right now? Uh, lettuce, tomatoes, onions, 
peppers. Well, it would be too late for tomatoes. Um, You can certainly do uh, lettuce and onions and peppers and and pretty much all the green stuff. So garlic, cabbage, cauliflower, kale, all those green things. Uh, Tomatoes, I'd really recommend buying buying a plant. And and you'll be faster with, uh, you know, plants and sets on the other plants as well. But you can do all the greens by seeds. And you can do onions if you want to by seeds, green onions especially. And so you can divide up and plant garlic this time of year. Lot to do. And the garlic, I can just buy the bulbs at the store and, and break you them apart them. and put them yeah, in the you ground. Can, you can do that. Okay. Um, one other thing, I was hearing about that compost. Mm-hmm. I do composting myself in the big, huge containers. Okay. And I do have chickens in there. Chicken manure does go in there. Well, that's wonderful. That, that's, that if you have fresh chicken manure, you can't beat it. Fresh chicken yeah. manure, when it comes right out of a chicken, has got 8 to 10% nitrogen. And that is right. ideal, and that fixes all those issues. And that's the best organic way to do it. Yeah. Thank you. One other, one other quick thing. Um, I had a, a garden growing just before the summer. It was absolutely beautiful, and my son fertilized everything. When we're supposed to fertilize, I guess it was, what, Memorial Day? And everything just about died. He p- fertilized everything on my, on my garden, including putting chicken manure. Was that too much nitrogen? Well, chi- raw chicken manure. Okay, it's a lot different if you buy the composted right. that we sell versus fresh Correct. chicken manure. But fresh chicken manure, like I say, can be up to about 10% nitrogen. And so it can... It can burn very easily. And if you get yeah, too much chicken everything. manure, um, yeah, and it just, you know, the, the timing wasn't terrible. The fact that you just got too much nitrogen is just too hot. Yeah. Yep. Well, five chickens give you lots of manure. <laughs> well, lots of eggs, too, I hope. Susan, thanks for the call. I'm Have a nice great, the, the best eggs ever in this world. <laughs> Thank you, Brian, for your time. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. And I see that Susan Monday's here, so it's time for the news at the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show here every Sunday on 92.3 FM KTR. Should have seen me like a year ago, year ago. I was someone you don't even know, even know. Dark times kept me all alone, all alone. You were shining like a heart of gold, heart of gold. Flatline by Five Seconds of Summer, and the album just came out last Thursday night, and it's already like my favorite album I've ever heard. I've had it on repeat for three days straight. It's amazing. So she's got a song in her mind. Beautiful morning out there, folks, and welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. I want to take a minute to invite us to give us a call. The number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven. Call sure, and you can be up after Nancy and Sally. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Excellent. Good. I have a couple questions for you. Um, I had a, a gardenia plant. It was a patio plant and um, went on vacation for about five days. It was beautiful before we left. Forgot to tell my son to water it a little bit and it got hot. And now I've got a kind of a dead gardenia plant. Should I just trim it 
and leave it and see if it comes back? I wouldn't trim it. I would just water it and uh, maybe give it a real light dose of fertilizer, something that works fast, like Miracle Grow or Peters or you know any, any kind of a water soluble fertilizer, and see if it doesn't yeah. pop some new buds out. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's one little leaf that's green on it. Well, so if, if it was only five days, and even though it was bone dry, it probably the wood's all still alive. But I wouldn't necessarily prune yeah. it. I would just, I would just, you know, fertilize it, water it. There's a product called Super Thrive. You can give it if you have some of that around home. But a light dose of fertilizer, yes, ample water, and see if it doesn't pop back out. Okay. Um, another question that I have is. Do you know any diseases for desert spoons? In our front yard, all our desert spoons are fine. The the ones in the backyard, we've got like four out of seven that are kind of, they're looking like they're dead. You know, I would dig them up and see if you have any grubs or anything feeding on the roots on them. You know, usually oh. desert spoons are not like yuccas or agaves. You know, they're not really attacked as much. But yeah. I, I, I would they're check the soil. And uh, then the other thing I would look at is if you use any herbicides back there, weed killers. No herbicides at all. No, okay. we have um, maintenance people that come in and they haven't sprayed anything. They just pull weeds by hand if there's any. Okay. So I would I would dig one up and check the roots and see if there's critters feeding on it. The other thing that oh, could okay. possibly can feed on it might be a gopher, too, if you have any gophers around. A gopher. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, one more question, if I may. Um, we're losing one lantana in the backyard, too. And that seems to be dying, but some of it. Most of it looks like it's dead. Uh, they are susceptible to phytophthora and can get root rot. You know, and in Gilbert, we have pretty heavy clay soil. So yeah. I, I would check that, you know, and, but, and just pull it out and maybe replace it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much and enjoy your Sunday. <laughs> you too, Nancy. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Uh, Sally and Surprise. Good morning, Sally. Hi, Brian. I have three questions. One is about a San Marcos hibiscus you helped me find um i wanted to know if i could trim it now absolutely you know a moderate pruning right now is perfect if you want to prune it at all this fall now is the perfect time and go ahead and come back and feed it because it's got about another five or six weeks to grow and then it's going to be fairly dormant so whatever size you prune it to it's going to grow for a few weeks and then stop but that doesn't mean it won't bloom a lot Yes, I know. I just love it. It's so different. I really like that plant. Thank you for helping me find that. Identify it. You actually helped me identify what it was so I could buy one. Um, the other question is about a, a Mexican, I think it's called a Mexican saguaro. Mm-hmm. It looks like a saguaro, but it has gray spines on it. it a cordon? It's, it, it goes straight up like a saguaro, but okay. it's gray. Yeah, it's it's probably, yeah a cordon. Uh-huh. Cordon? Okay. Um, when it's about three and a half feet tall. And all the new growth, the spines are like half the size of the ones below. So it looks like it's two-tone. You know, the, the first two feet are long, and then like that foot and half of growth is really tiny spines. Is there, is there something it needs? Is it telling me anything? No, probably not on the new growth. You know, they'll grow even a little faster than saguaros do and get every, every bit as large. Um, you know, you, you can feed it if you want it to grow faster, but they're reasonably fast. Yeah, so I think it's great. Okay, I just want to make sure that those short spines didn't mean a deficiency of some sort. No, it's just a new growth. If you look at it, probably the color is a little different on the top of it, too. It's just the growth from this year. It is. It is. The last question is regarding the association um, that I live in. They seem to be very aggressively cutting down the sisu trees. Mm-hmm. And I'm very unhappy about it because I don't see the damage that they're... I think they're doing it for potential damage, but that's... 
that's one thing. The other thing is now that leaves, we have a lot of trees in our neighborhood. Um, they have Aleppo pines, and they are ignoring all the signs that these Aleppo pines are in distress. They're, they're getting brown branches. I keep asking them, and they just don't even respond at all. Like, are you treating them for anything? Is there anything? Because all the other neighborhoods don't have this issue, and I'm just wondering. Well, What's going it, on here? it can be a lot of different things. I mean, Sisu's, they're kind of a love-hate tree for a lot of people in the right place. I'm looking out the window here at the studio, and we have a beautiful Sisu that's drooping over, and I can see the mountains here in Sunny Slope, and it's a magnificent tree. And Sisu's, when they're things. watered and properly you know, planted in the right locations and, and taken care of, can be a very beautiful, strong-wooded, useful tree. They don't break. They have a lot of good characteristics. Uh, they do have some bad characteristics if you put them in too small of an area of watermen correctly but um, sure. you know yeah. that being said yeah. you know every tree's got its place the aleppo pines have yeah. needed more water in the last you know few six years typically you know we used to have more winter rains and the pines even though it's the winter time need a good deep soaking in the winter time as well as the summer and they really benefit from both so you know, that that's the biggest issue with the pines that we see. But it also could be that they've taken lawn away from them, you know, and put them into rock. No, they are all in grass at this point for the most part. Um, so it might be just a water issue. That's great. I thought they had some sort of beetle or something you had talked uh, a couple of years ago. Well, they, they, like they can get mites on them and they can get uh, aphids on them and different things that can, you know, bother them. But they'll usually withstand all those things. And, you know, the, it's been more the, the, the watering that's been a bigger problem for them than anything else. Okay. I'm just going to keep going after the association. I, I suggest that they call you, talk to you, get someone out from your, you know, Please pay them because they will save these magnificent trees as we're losing the sisus and we lose these gigantic pines. We're going to be in a desert in no time over here. Well, and our you know, and both waters. those trees can be very drought tolerant, you know, and, and use, you know, very little water when taken care of in water deep correctly. You know, and that's the big difference for both varieties. The these problem is they probably have lawns that are rolling lawns that aren't level. Mm -hmm. And so it makes they, it difficult right. to water. Okay. That that's true. That we do have that issue quite a few places. And what what okay. you really need to do in that circumstance is you need to water three or four or five times the same day, so you can get the penetration in the water and not have it run off, and then let the areas dry out. Okay. Thank, Thank you so much for your help. Thank you, Sally. Brian. Bye bye. Bye. Uh, Daphne and Mesa. Good morning, Daphne. Thank you for taking the call and for your show. Um, I happen to have a jojoba tree. It's about 18 years old, and it is sprouting up from the earth. I mean, I mean, it's a beautiful tree, and it provides beautiful fruit, but I just have plants of it from its roots just growing up everywhere. How do I handle that? Um, you know, jojobas are kind of a native bush. You know, that's kind of the way they typically grow. You know, they get large enough, they can be pruned into a tree. And um, well, you're sure it's a jojoba, right? Yes. Yeah, because I've never seen them sucker a lot. I mean, out where our farm is in Hyder, there were literally thousands of acres of jojoba being grown. And, uh, you know, it's a wonderful, very useful native plant here from Arizona. But um, I've never seen them sprout a lot from the ground unless there were a lot of seeds that fell there. And especially with the weather like having the monsoon right now, a lot of those seeds might germinate. And those would be actually separate plants. So I would first check if they're coming up from little seedlings, if you would dig down um, with a shovel 
and if they're coming up from separate seedlings and not coming off a root, just dig them all up and take them all away. Well, I have, but it's uh, it's coming from the roots. Okay, so with, with the roots are up by the These surface roots, like that. These roots have gone down deep into the ground. Mm-hmm. They're growing under my house mm-hmm. into my basement area, and then they're coming up on the other side of the house and <laughs> sprouting up into trees. Well, I mean, they're just you know the jojoba is a native plant here that knows how to live in the desert you know they're very they're very deep rooted they're like a mesquite tree or an ironwood tree i mean they'll have roots that can be you know 20 30 feet deep you know especially if they can follow I'm water trying somewhere to figure out how to take care of it so that i um, don't kill the tree itself well the tree itself yeah. is quite hardy you know, so you you can cut out whatever you want to around the base. You could cut a lot of the roots off it, aren't going to harm it. it it's a very yeah, but durable plant. It is, and it's it's it is very durable. But within three weeks, it's going to you know you've got them bush sized tall already with their thorns. How are and how, well? Jojoba doesn't really have thorns. Oh. Jojoba is like a gray leaf plant that has a bean that's about a little bigger than a coffee bean. Well, this is a, they produce fruit the size of an apple. Okay, that's not a jojoba. I'll tell you what, I'm going to put you on hold because we're going to take a break. And then uh, we'll get your number and we'll talk and you can send me a picture off the air, okay? Well, I can't. I'm, hold, hold, I'm, hold on. I'm just going to. We have to take a short break. I'm going to get your number. Uh, we'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. While we're gone, we do have three lines available. The number to call 602 277 5827 277 KTAR. Sunday morning. I want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees. 
Started with my grandparents back in the 40s and continuing today for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size, from 15-gallon to 48-inch box to 72-inch box trees, 25 feet tall, we grow them right here in Arizona. Palm trees, citrus trees, desert trees, Mediterranean stuff like fruitless olives, ash, and pistachio, whatever your dreams for the perfect garden, come out and see us. No job's too big, none's too small. We deliver plan guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, and insured, and we've got thousands of trees that need a home. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 2640 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Whitfield Nursery for four generations. Growing trees here for Arizona's future. And we've got three lines open. That means we can get more calls in before the end of the show. Now is the perfect time to call with about 10 minutes left. The number to call is 602-277-5827. Uh, let's see. Daphne and Mesa, good morning. Hi, you just were talking to me about my oh, tree. Oh, okay. I thought Shira was going to get your number off the air. If you could just hang on, I'll have Shira get your number, and then you can send me a picture. But what I... Oh, oh, this is a different Daphne? No, it's the same. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, so um, at any rate, what I think you probably have, Daphne, it's called a jujube. So does it lose its leaves in the wintertime? Um, yes. Okay, so what it is is a jujube tree, not a jojoba. And, uh, okay. and jujubes, um, you know, are a fruiting tree. They call them a Chinese date even. But uh, the nature of that tree to sucker around the side is, is pretty normal. Uh, and uh, I don't know of any great way to eliminate that process. I was wondering if I could, uh, like, pour concrete down on top of it, around it, yeah. and send the roots off in another well, direction. Well, they're, they're, like you say, they're fairly or, deep-rooted. Um, yeah. You know, and I don't know what you could do, actually, for sure. I've never experienced a way to stop the roots, but perhaps we have another uh, listener uh, that's got a suggestion for us. But I, I don't really know of a way with the jujubes, once they start, you know, suckering like that, to stop them. If I put, like, metal, like, steel metal shelving or, you know, like, metal roofing type thing around it and then put something, oh, <laughs> or is there a... I mean, it plastic? won't hurt it. I mean, it wouldn't hurt it to, to put it, you know, inside of a concrete ring. And, in fact, it's kind of odd, but often if you have, like, a concrete ring around there, it stops the transpiration of the moisture. <laughs> and a tree in a circle of concrete like that can do better but it might also be that it's just going to those the shoots are going to come all the way out past the outside edge of however wide you make the ring and come back up and it will just be an experiment and something to try oh gosh I mean, I, I don't okay, really, well, I've never, I've never had an experience with a good solution. But you know what? We have a lot of people listening right now. So perhaps somebody else does have an idea or, or something that will work for it. Okay. I bought it at Home Depot back in 2004, and that's when I planted it. And, but little did I know it was going <laughs> to. Well, and they don't all do that. I mean, I've, I've seen it happen before, but I, you know, I've also seen plenty of jujubes that aren't suckering. The, the one thing to do is to, you know, make sure it's on a deep, irregular, you know, infrequent watering schedule. So if you'll water it deep and, and water it once every two weeks in the summer and once a month in the wintertime, it'll be healthy. Well, it's healthy. It's healthy. I know, but I mean, by cutting the water down and not having water around the surface close to the tree, it might not put out near as many shoots. So I don't know how often you're watering it, but I would water it no more often than once a week. You don't water it at all. (laughs) 
<laughs> my neighbor does irrigation and went to, and the tree is right by our the boundary line of her yard. And just gets <laughs> flood irrigation. Well, that's the perfect schedule for it. Daphne, I wish I had a better suggestion for you, but I'll tell you one thing. Have a beautiful Sunday. Oh, well, thank you. Happy to you, too. Bye-bye. Enjoy. Uh, Margaret and Chandler, good morning. Hi, uh Brian, somebody, a friend of mine, uh, cut a branch of the basil, basil, uh-huh. whatever you push your tree. And uh, to me, says if I put it in the water, let it root it, it will, I can plant. Is that Well, true? Margaret, we grow all the basil from seed. So I, oh. I think it would be easier to get basil so you can grow it that way. It probably could be rooted from a cutting, and it just it grows oh. so easy from seed is why we grow it from, from seed. But I don't doubt okay. that you could grow it from a cutting. But uh, I, I would just, if you want to grow some basil, it's so easy to grow from seed, I would just plant seed. This would be a great time to do it. Appreciate okay. the call. Yeah, Have a nice you. day. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. It looks like we're about out of time here. What time are we out, Chira? Uh, Okay, so we just got to say goodbye here, but it's a beautiful morning. Doug, I'll take you off the air, and whoever else is ringing, I'll take you off the air as well. Uh, beautiful day out there, folks. Come and see us at the nursery. It's a great time to be outdoors, a perfect time to plant, and uh, Whitfields will still do the digging. But uh, remember that, uh, you know, this place works. The, you know, you know the, America is a great place because we work together. And, uh, you know, it, it's sad that we have the arguments and disagreements, but the more we work like a team, the more successful we'll be. And we can see that now in the football season, the baseball season, and there's, there's no group that works together all being the same. The diversity is what makes our country special and strong. You know, and it takes the uh, big offensive lineman and it takes a quarterback and a running back to make a football team. And gosh, everybody knows that the linebackers are the ones that take so, you know, if we're not mixed up, if we don't have some diversity, we won't be near as strong. Diversity is what makes us special. And, you know, for as much as we disagree here, half the people don't like this about the group and half don't like that. You know, the people that really love being here are all the ones coming here. So let's keep that in mind. Let's welcome who we can. Let's do what we can to be as a team. And uh, thanks for listening to the program. We'll be with you next Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Hope you enjoyed the program and have a nice weekend.